Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. This morning I finished the last installment of our January series called Stronger. Who wants to get stronger? Who wants to get weaker? Oh, nobody. <laughs> we want, we need God's strength within our lives. And I think back on my life and I think of the many opportunities that have gone by the wayside because I was too weak to be able to latch a hold of those opportunities, that God wanted to build more strength within me so that I could take up those opportunities that he presents in front of me. Sometimes we lack mental strength. Sometimes we lack physical strength. Sometimes we lack emotional strength and emotional intelligence. You know, as I often say, the key to, the key to leadership, any kind of leadership that we have within our life, is that leadership is responsibility. You know what responsibility is made up? Response and ability. So leadership is made up of how much ability you have to respond in, in situations where weight and pressure is leveraged against your life. So you think about that for a moment. When you become responsible for people, there is a weight and there is a pressure that comes on your life as opposed to being just easy rider and no responsibilities, you know, no leadership. I can just cruise, do my own thing, make my own decisions. As soon as you have leadership assigned to your life, there is a response that comes upon your life where God wants to give you the ability to carry emotional weight so you can respond in that situation as God would have you to respond. Sometimes we might have a high intelligence IQ, but we're lacking with an emotional IQ. And when the weight comes on our lives, we find for one reason or another, sometimes it can even go right back to our childhoods. Sometimes it can be stuff that got messed up when we were younger, stuff that we got involved with. And, uh, and now, like when the pressure comes on, we turn into a young child again because we can't cope with the pressure. So God wants to, this is the heart of what we're saying here today. We're not saying we all want to be macho, macho man. We're not saying that we, want to, we all want to grow big and strong and everything else like that and testosterone and let's have some steroids together. Let's have a steroid party. We're not talking about that. We're talking about being in a position where you understand no matter who you are, no matter how far along the road you are, there is more room for God's strength to come into your life. Can you give me an amen for that this morning? And so we talked in the first message and installment. Don't, first lesson, don't run from resistance. Just like a bodybuilder, resistance will actually build you and make you stronger. Sometimes God places our enemies in front of us for one reason and one reason alone. He wants us to become stronger. And you won't ever grow stronger unless you are able to actually resist the resistance that's coming against your life. 
And when you do that, you'll find that you will come out the other side, having come. So how many of you have been through the valley of the shadow of death and you just keep walking and as long as you keep walking, you walk right out of that valley, you come out up the other side and you look back on that valley and suddenly you realise, man, I'm so much stronger for having been through that valley within my life. Can you say amen to that today? And so secondly, we talked about the flexible will flourish. Like the, the palm tree that's planted in the house of the Lord. Did you know that palm trees can withstand cyclone winds and the tops of their branches can literally bend over and touch the ground and that with every cyclone they go through, their roots get stronger. The brittle break, but the flexible flourish. And so God wants to build strength within our lives so that when the pressure comes on, we don't smash and fall to pieces within our life. He wants to build flexibility within you. How many of you know if you want to work through, walk through life just with a very rigid frame of mind, you're going to get knocked around a lot because life isn't like that. It's got, it's got curves, corners and bends all the way through. There's no such thing as a straight road that leads to heaven. Amen. There's a straight and narrow road that leads to life and few there are that are on it. It's much easier to take the broad and wide road that leads to destruction. But there, there is within us, God creates the flexibility. And last week I talked about the power of a renewed mind. Romans 12, 2, one of the great scriptures of the New Testament. You can change. Don't say I'm stuck in my ways. Don't say, well, it's always been like that for me. Don't say I'm too old now to change. You're never too old to change when you have the living God around your life. The Bible says, be ye transformed, metamorphosized, literally caterpillar to butterfly. Be metamorphosized and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Recognize though, the three R's, recognize those wrong thoughts. Remove them and replace them with God kind of thinking within your life. And you watch yourself get stronger as you guard that corridor, as you put a sentry at the front of your mind. And stop allowing negativity to kill the buzz of eternal life that Jesus has given to you. Yeah. Yes, Lord. Amen to that. There's a Spanish story of a father and a son who had become estranged from one another. The son's name was Paco. Good Spanish name. Paco. Let's say that together. Paco. Paco. Very common name in Spanish. So the son ran away from his father and his father wouldn't let him go. So his father set off to find him. He searched for months to try and find his lost son, Paco. Finally, in a last ditch attempt to find his son, he put an advertisement in the newspaper and the advertisement said this, Dear Paco, meet me in front of this newspaper office at noon on Saturday. All is forgiven. I love you, Dad. Guess what happened? On Saturday, hundreds of puckles turned up <laughs> looking for forgiveness and love from their fathers. I want to tell you one of the epidemics that this society is facing right now is an epidemic of loneliness. We've never been more connected digitally and we've never been more lonely physically. Social media has given us a false sense of connection. 
where we may have a thousand friends on Facebook and yet we're struggling to have a real friend in real life. And this morning I want to give an instalment about strength. And as it unfolds today, I trust that at the end of this message, then you will take on, on board what I want to share with you today. God said right from the beginning when he created man, it is not good for man to be alone. So he created a helpmate for Adam. And out of, out of um, Adam came Eve. And God has designed us not to dwell in solitary confinement. That's what prison is for, solitary confinement. God has designed us for community. That is to be together and connected, not just on a digital platform, but to be connected in real life. So I've called this message, Life is Better Lived in Circles. I read a story about Jimmy Durante. He was one of the great entertainers of a generation ago, and he was asked to do part of a show for World War II veterans, the guys that have been through the trauma, they've been through the reality of what it's like to put their life on the line, seeing many of their friends killed in action. So he said, look, I don't really have time in my schedule to come, but he said, because of who the audience is, I'll make time, but I can only come for a five-minute segment of the show, and then I've got to move on to my next appointment. So Jimmy went on stage, and the five minutes came up, and they were expecting all, all the um, guys on stage that were managing the show, expecting him to come off stage, but he stayed. And he stayed, and the audience were clapping, and the audience were cheering, and he stayed for a full half an hour. And at the end of the show, he said to the organisers, he said to them, you'll be wondering why I stayed longer than five minutes. I actually really do have another appointment to go to, but I couldn't help but stay. And he said, why did you stay? And this is what he said. He said, in the front row were two men. Each one of them had lost an arm in the war. One of them had lost his right arm, and the man on the other side had lost his left arm. And they were standing shoulder to shoulder together, and they were cheering me on. One used this hand to clap and the other used the other hand to clap. And together they were cheering me on together. And you see, this is the reality, friends, is that God has designed us, you and me. He's designed us to clap in harmony, synchronizing our lives together. He hasn't designed us to live in isolation on our own. Psalm 92.12 says this, The righteous will thrive like a palm tree planted in the house of the Lord. Now, for you to get planted anywhere in life, let's take a lesson out of nature itself. You can plant a seed, and that seed will germinate, and it will grow roots. And that plant will never have the opportunity of actually doing what it's created to do until the roots form and the roots go deep into the soil. And I think also... For us to thrive like a palm tree, our roots need to go deep down into the soil of the community, which means somehow our lives get connected together if we're thriving in the house of the Lord. You know, I love being, in the, I love being here today. I love worshipping with my brothers and sisters. I love being here. I love having the worship team. I love them leading us to the throne room of heaven. But you know what? I also love meeting not just in rows, but I love meeting in circles. I love getting to know people. I love hearing people's stories. 
I love it when people offer to pray for me. I love it when people are prepared to trust me and a closer community and circle of friends so that we can together encourage one another. So my first lesson, my first point today is that number one, life is life in circles is better than life in rows. Amen. We meet in rows when we come together as the body of Christ. We face the front of the auditorium. But I tell you what, God wants us to move on from that. And I want to challenge you this year. Rows are not enough. God wants you to find a circle that you can meet together in. Maybe a small team, maybe a, a grow community that we're, that we're endeavouring to grow more of those across our city, somewhere in your neighbourhood. But it's how we are designed to be rooted is by living life, not just in rows, but also in circles. I heard someone say once, people don't want to go to a friendly church. They want friends. There's a difference between the two. You can come here and you can, you can have that well-worn mask that you pick up for Sunday mornings. And that's got a smile on it. And you can greet people and you can smile at them. And, the, and hopefully the door greeters are smiling. You know, I mean, somebody's got one of the biggest smiles on the planet. You know, his smile just radiates the love of God. And, uh, you know, and, and we want to see that. We want to be a friendly church. But I want to tell you more than that. You want a real friend. You want somebody that you can go past the varnish, past the veneer, down to another level. The varnish will make your chair look nice, but it's, that's not what's holding it together. You've got to go to the joins and the connections of that chair to see what really holds it together. What holds the church together? Life lived in circles, not just in rows. We can have a cup of tea, we can have a chat. We can talk about how hot it is. We can talk about how hard it's been getting to sleep lately in this sort of weather. And we can, you know, we can slap each other on the back and everything else. But let's go deeper. Let's let our roots go deeper. Let's, let's start. You know what a real friend, a real friend is somebody that you can share, not just your good days with, but your bad days as well where you're prepared to drop your guard and begin to live. Let's take on some deeper friendships. You know, of course, it isn't always easy making friends in church. Many of you have lifelong friends that don't come to this church. Am I saying ditch all your lifelong friends? Of course I'm not. I'm not saying that. You'll always have somebody from your past that, that you can just dial down with and, you, and you've just got, you haven't seen them for five years and you just make an instant connection with them. And, uh, and they're great friends to have. You can ring them at any time of the day or the night and they're fantastic friends. But you see, God wants to plant us together in his house. And so he wants us to learn how to have some, some of those kind of friendships. And let's be honest, we irritate each other sometimes. Oh, I'm not going to make friends with that person. They irritate me. Bugs irritate me. Mosquitoes irritate me. And sometimes people are like that. They can be irritating, but God can also use them to build something good within your life. Amen? In fact, Jesus said this. He warned us in regard to this. You know what he said? He said, don't just invite people around for lunch that can invite you back. Hello? 
He said, why don't you invite people that don't have the means to invite you back? You know, we're great back scratchers in Kiwiland. We can invite somebody thinking, oh yeah, I'll get invited to their place next. But you know, God wants us to be able to go beyond the superficial. And uh, we can get frustrated. Sometimes people can intimidate us, all those things. But I want to tell you what. I, you, we must make time to go deeper into friendship with a few people. Do you know why? Because those few people will make you stronger. They'll make you stronger. Second point is this. We only get the full benefit of living life in circles by going deeper in our friendships with one another. You think about the seed. When a plant seed first gets planted in the soil, it has to go into the deep, dark abyss, away from the sunlight, undercover, often into a dark place before it germinates, before the roots begin to sprout. And sometimes we don't give each other enough time to go deeper because of the space that we're in ourselves and we don't go beyond the superficial because it takes time, it takes effort, and it takes sometimes you to put yourself out there with somebody. And sometimes if we've got trust issues, then we don't want to do that. But he that wants friends, Proverbs says, must show himself to be friendly. There is a man that sticks closer than a brother. We know that's Jesus. He'll always, well, you know, Pastor James, I don't really need friends because I've got my best friend for life. His name is Jesus. That's really spiritual and it's true, but you need people friends as well. Hallelujah. So we need to allow that seed to go into the soil and it'll be dark for a while but I tell you what once it germinates once it gets enough moisture it will begin to sprout it will come above the ground and then you can begin to enjoy that friendship expanding in your life and going deeper so let's get prepared to take off the mask and I'm not talking about your makeup I'm talking about just lowering your guard a little bit and allowing the Holy Spirit to help you come out of that uncomfortable place where people get to know the real you. You know, some people don't like to go deep because they don't even like themselves. The Bible says that we are to love others, amen, as we love ourselves. And so you've got to learn to like yourself this year. Amen? You've got to learn to like yourself this year. Realize how much God has designed and engineered your life and how beautiful you are as an individual and a human being. Learn to like yourself. Stop talking negativity over your mind and over yourself. You're an amazing person. You're an amazing person. I didn't even know you to be able to say that. You say, well, that's very superficial, Pastor James. You know what? I know the one that made you. And he don't make junk. And so I know you're amazing. And behind all of that, you're an amazing person this morning. Say that. I'm an amazing person. I want you to say that with conviction. I am an amazing person. Amen to that. So be bold. Be brave today. Let's risk finding trust. Let's release forgiveness. And let's begin to build some great relationships. Let's not just attend services. Let's not just sit in rows this year. 
Amen? Let's find some circles to dial down in this year. Why? Because you're going to get stronger. You're going to get stronger this morning. Last point. By the way, did anyone notice I'm preaching shorter this year? I even had some people come up to me, Pastor James. (laughs) Of course she would. (laughs) I had someone come up to me during the week, Pastor James, we noticed that you've been preaching shorter. And they go, you know, risk willing to offend me. It's really awesome, you know, it's really awesome. You know, not just because you're big, you know, there's some good points in there that you're making. So I thought, oh, well, just humble yourself, boy. Just preach shorter. Just preach shorter. Why why do I want to preach? I'll tell you why I want to preach shorter. I want us to experience God more in the worship. And I want you to experience one another at the end of the service. To get out of your row and talk face to face with people. So to do that, if I preach longer, you're going to say at the end of my preach, it's time to go home. It's lunchtime. It's lunchtime. And so everybody takes off into the cars, into the car park. So please encourage me. Yeah, preach shorter, Pastor James. That's awesome. That's awesome. Last point this morning, before I finish with an illustration, I might add. Life in circles, you'll be pleased to know this point. Life in circles develops as we eat together. Amen, Sister Viv? Amen. Amen. (laughs) I tell you something I've learned over the years, and I've noticed this as I've gotten older, is this. When I'm feeling like I'm just getting so task-orientated, it's task after task, and I'm looking at my to-do list and I'm just thinking, oh my goodness, how on earth am I going to be able to reduce this list down, you know? I've got to do more delegating and then the list grows again the next day. And you're thinking, and then life just becomes a drudgery of doing tasks. And you get so task-orientated, you've got no time for relationships. I want to tell you, one of the great secrets of the gospel is take a look at the life of Jesus and look how often he ate. He started his ministry at a wedding. Do you know what they do at weddings? They eat lots at weddings. He finished his ministry with a feed, the Last Supper. Do you know what he's going to do when he welcomes you into heaven? He's going to say, let's eat at the great marriage supper of the Lamb. Hallelujah. And so one of the great secrets of building relationships with other people is eating around a table, having barbecues, getting together, Having lots, amen, sister? Having lots of kai, kai moana, and more kai moana. I'm thinking powers. Oh, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm, right now I'm thinking all sorts. I'm thinking crayfish. I'm going for the top shelf. <laughs> Who's going to go and buy a crayfish after the church today? I'm coming to your place. Hallelujah. You know, but this is this this is honest, honest to goodness. <laughs> there is a law of heaven that breaks loose over our lives. When we eat together, God does something amazing. We stop just talking about work and we start talking about what's going on in our lives. We start talking about our kids, we start talking about our parents, we start talking about some of the tougher things, and all of a sudden before you know it, you've lowered down 
and you've opened people in to your life and all because of food and it's fun eating food <laughs> I mean who enjoyed Christmas yeah who enjoyed Christmas too much <laughs> so look at the early church Acts 2.46 they broke bread in their homes and they ate together they ate together can I remind you this is in revival can I remind you, Acts 2, thousands of people are coming to Christ. Acts 2, hundreds of people every day are being saved in this great move of the Spirit. What are they doing? They're sitting in circles eating. They're eating together. They're having fun around food. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying all the favour of the people. When I get too task-driven, I stop and I go and have a meal with somebody. I stop, I invite somebody to have lunch with me. And I, it's a great thing for us to do. It's a great thing to you. Why, don't you. why don't you break out? Why don't you ask somebody out for lunch after church today? Why don't you arrange for somebody to come around to your place at some time that's convenient for you today? I'll finish with this illustration. We see the geese up on screen. What a great lesson for us to finish on, on this message today. Geese fly in V formation. Have you ever studied why they do it? There's four things, very clear. There's a lot more than this from watching geese fly in formation. But the first thing is this, is that those that take the lead, they rotate their leadership. So when one in the lead gets tired because he's breaking the air current, he swaps around and another geese comes in his place. Isn't that amazing? Holding each other up, strengthening one another. We can't always be on top all the time. We like to think that we can, but the reality is even the young men grow weak and weary, Isaiah the prophet says. But they that wait upon the Lord, sometimes we need to give people a break so that they can have some God time and get strengthened. And so they rotate leadership and another one flies at the front. The second thing is that by flying the way that they do in V formation, the members of that flock that are flying, they create an upward current for the one that's behind them. Isn't that amazing? So they, they actually, the ones behind each one in front, they get lift flying behind them. This is what the, the one guy that studied the V formation of the geese, this is what he said. The whole flock get 71% greater flying range than if the goose flew on his own. So they're nearly doubling the flying range by flying in V formation, resting on the current of the one that's in front of them. The third thing is this. When one goose gets wounded or tired and can't carry on, a remarkable thing happens. Two break out of the formation fly down with the one that's sick or the one that can't cope with it and they stay with that one until they're well enough to get back again. Isn't that a great picture of what we're called to do in the body of Christ with one another? They stay with the struggler until the struggler is able to fly again. And last lesson out of the geese is this, is that the rear ones in the formation are the ones that are honking. Hong, 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 hong. They're the ones that are honking. Why are they honking? Why do you think they're honking? 
They're yelling encouragement to the one in the front. Keep going. Keep going. We're right behind you. Keep going. We all need encouragement. And you're not going to be able to encourage somebody, maybe superficially so, when you're seated in rows. But when you get in circles, you can really encourage somebody when they begin to share what's really going on in their life. And you can get alongside of them. You can pray. You can be practical. You can help with their kids. You can help cook a meal. You can do all sorts of things that's going to be able to... That's your honk. Honk, honk to them to encourage them so that they can keep flying for Jesus. And I think out of all those thought things, the one clear thought that stands out is simply this. It's natural instinct of geese to work together. Shouldn't it be even more so the natural instinct of those who love God and are loved by God to love and work together with your brothers and sisters in Christ? Let's not be lone rangers this year. Let's not be isolationists. Let's be willing this year to trust God to build some healthy, strong relationships. Let's find a circle that we can be a part of this year. And so all I'm encouraging you to do is additional to signing up for Pathways is that if you're currently not in a circle somewhere, then we have grow communities going and we call them grow communities because people who join them want to grow. We'd love for you to be part of a grow community. We study the word, we pray for each other, we worship, we look after one another. That's what a grow community does. So if you're not part of one and you want to be part of one, then sign up at the back after church. There's another uh, form down there and we would love to have that. And then what we'll do is that we'll contact you. You can even put down on that uh, the area that you'd most like that group to be in. We can't guarantee it's going to be on your street. But we can. We can begin new grow communities if there's enough people in one area. The book of Ephesians says this. 2.22 In whom you also. Who's in whom? In Christ. You are being built together. Say that. Built together. Built together. We're being built not on our own. Not as an individual, but we're being built together for a dwelling place for the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. He goes on to say in chapter 4, verse 15, Speaking the truth in love, we may grow up in all things unto him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knitted together by what every joint supplies. We're not talking about those joints. We're talking about other joints this morning. By what every joint supplies, that's figurative for the human body. You have a knee joint, you have an elbow joint, and without those joints, you would not be able to function properly as you do. And this is what the Bible says. It says that you are a joint, a joining factor, connecting together with other people in the body of Christ. In other words, you were designed to link together with somebody else in the body of Christ. And it says, by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working, this is what Samu brought out in the prophetic this morning, by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Finally, brothers and sisters, this morning, behold how good and how pleasant it is when the brethren dwell together in unity. Unity takes place as we discover what Christ has done for us 
and we get in on his game plan. And we stop living life just in rows and we begin to live life in circles. Let's pray together, shall we?